0: Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. On this Sunday every year, we hear the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector from the Gospel of St. Luke in chapter 18. My friends, we need to understand that the parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee comes on the heels of another parable that was told just before it. And to fully grasp the entire message of what our Lord is both wanting to put into his people, but also draw out of his people, we have got to take a look at both of these parables together, and what our Lord says about them. And that other parable is the parable of the widow and the judge. This is in the first part of the Gospel of St. Luke in chapter 18. And here's how that parable was told by our Lord. That there is a judge... Who did not fear God, nor regard man. And a widow would come to him and came to him pleading, Get justice for me from my adversary. And the judge, he did nothing for a while. But the woman kept coming back and kept coming back and pleading with him. And after a while he said, Though I do not fear God, nor regard man, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming to me, she weary me. Jesus then explains the parable. Hear what the unjust said. And shall God not avenge his own, who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Hear the teaching of St. Cyril of Alexandria on that parable. The parable assures us God will bend His ears to those who offer Him their prayers, not carelessly nor negligently, but with earnesty and constancy. The constant coming of the oppressed widow conquering the unjust judge that did not fear God or have any shame. Even against His will He granted her request. How will not he who loves mercy And hates iniquity. And who always gives his helping hand. To those that love him. Except those who draw near to him. Day and night. And avenge them. As his own. And now hear the question the Lord asks. Everyone after telling that parable. He says when the son of man comes. Will he find such faith in the earth? Will he find such faith. What faith is our Lord Jesus Christ speaking about? He's speaking about the living faith of His people that cry out to Him day and night, all the days of their life, in need for His mercy, for His covering, for His grace. Will He find that faith? Will He find the people who day and night are crying out to Him in this way? And then after that question, He launches right into the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And he says that two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee religious leader of the day. And one was a tax collector, would have been one of the most despised people of the day. And the Pharisee begins to pray standing up in front of everyone. I thank God that I'm not like other men. I thank God I'm not like extortioners, adulterers, or this tax collector here. I fast. I give tithes to the poor. You see, the Pharisee's trust was in himself. But the tax collector, he had no trust in himself. Rather, he saw himself clearly and accurately. He knew his dependency on the mercy of God. And so the tax collector, we're told, standing afar off to distance himself and not be seen. He falls prostrate before God and cries out to God, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus says, I tell you, this man, this tax collector, so despised of the people, this man went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled everyone who humbles himself will be exalted by God. What is the faith that Christ is seeking after when he returns, seeking to see if he finds in the earth? What is the faith that will help us keep oil in our lamps according to the parable of the ten virgins so that the bridegroom sees us and we see him when he returns and calls us to the everlasting banquet? These two parables show two attributes of the faith that our Lord Jesus Christ is looking for in his people. And the first attribute from the first parable is this. Our faith must be a life of persistence. A life of persistence. That we keep coming and coming and always coming to our Lord Jesus Christ. For as the writer of Hebrews tells us. We do not have a high priest that we come to. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted just as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come and keep coming. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us time of our need, not once in our life, not occasionally, not twice in our life, but let us be as persistent as the widow falling before Christ day and night, crying out that mercy be given and that he cover every one of our sins and heal our weaknesses and give us grace to be the overcomer that our Lord Jesus Christ was in this life as a demonstration for us. The first attribute of the faith Christ is looking for is the persistence of His precious disciples. And the second attribute that He's looking for from the second parable is incredible humility. Living a life of absolute God-dependency every moment of our lives. To live always allowing Christ by His Holy Spirit to illuminate the things in us that are the need for mercy, living always with our specific knowledge from what we see for His mercy, knowing that we can never earn such a gift of His mercy, but believing wholeheartedly because we know the nature of God, that He is the gift giver of His divine mercy to those who know their need and are so healthily desperate to receive it. You see, the Pharisee, trusted in his own self and in his own righteousness and there was no righteousness accredited to him by our Lord Jesus Christ who is the judge of every soul. And yet the tax collector on the other hand who absolutely knew the condition of his brokenness and the brokenness of his soul approached God from that reality. He had seen what the Holy Spirit had shown him and he goes before God Knowing his need for mercy. also oh very specifically. Not looking up he fell before God. Crying out for mercy. And Let's go a little further with the cry of the tax collector. His very words. God have mercy on me a sinner. From which we get the great prayer that the church teaches. Should be on our lips every moment of our lives. And that's the Jesus prayer. Lord Jesus Christ son of the living God. Have mercy upon me a sinner. I say very often, and the church teaches us greatly, that the divine liturgy of the church realizes for us the very daily intimate journey that we are to share with our Lord Jesus Christ every day of our lives in that blessed fellowship. Let's consider how we've even begun the Mass so far. Because what we've done so far is what we ought to be doing and how we ought to be living every day of our life. The first thing we hear after the choir sings the introit, we hear the collect for purity. Listen to the words we say, Almighty God. To you, all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you, no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts. To what end? That our souls may be free to love you back. That our souls may be free to love you all of our days. I actually call this the prayer of, okay, since there's no hiding with God, let's be authentic today. Right? We don't live like that every moment of our lives, unfortunately. We get deceived into distractions and deceived into the care for ourselves and the worries of this world. In our task lists of the day when God is intimately with us and knowing everything in our mind and our heart and our soul. But we offer this prayer, and now offering this prayer and acknowledging, Lord, you see everything. You see why pretend? What do we proceed to? The curator. You see everything, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Have you ever thought that all of this that we're talking about cannot be realized in our lives and in these moments of the liturgy? Unless we have lived each day in between the liturgies with this persistence and humility. Consider this. When you say to God, you see everything within me, do you have in your mind what he sees? Have you allowed the Holy Spirit to reveal what he knows? That is in there, the brokenness, the sin nature that's still remaining, yet to be healed and resurrected in Jesus Christ. Are we mindful of that? And when we cry out, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. You realize that you will not and you cannot experience the fullness of the mercy of God covering you unless you know why you're asking for mercy. Unless you have allowed the Holy Spirit Throughout your fellowship with Him throughout the week to reveal to you the things that need to be covered, that need to be forgiven. You see, if you're living each day in this persistence and this humility that we're seeing in these parables, the faith that our Lord is looking for, then you will come to Him even here. And you will cry out for mercy from that which you know. And you will lay it down before him like the tax collector. And like the tax collector, you will experience the reconciliation and mercy of God over your life. Even in these blessed moments in the mass. Raising you up and freeing your burdened conscience. Because Christ is with us. And never shall be. Because in the liturgy of the church... We find what is to be the normative structure of our daily life in Christ at every moment. The liturgy communicates to us the Christian life of Christ's salvation. And the experience of that salvation and healing that he has in his wings for us every time his beloved people join with heaven and earth in the eternal worship of God. And remember the pattern of the liturgy put simply and yet it's in the liturgy. Being the liturgy of our lives, consider it. We avail ourselves to fellowship with God. And from fellowship with God comes illumination of our soul. We see the ways that we are not like. And we see our need for mercy very specifically. And we go to Him. And we cry out, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy upon us. And here in the Mass, Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. And we experience the covering of the very things that have now burdened us. Where we were going as Isaiah, woe is me, I'm undone. We see them relieved in our lives. And what happens in the Mass after the Kyrie? Glory be to God. I extol you, I praise you, I worship you. Why? Why? How can I do this with my heart? Because of the mercy that I've just experienced. That whole portion of the Mass leading up to Eucharist is in and out of Lord have mercy and experiencing healing all the way. And then even beyond the giving of Christ's divine mercy, he goes even further and offers us so much more when he grants us all of himself through his body and blood. Granting us everything that he is, joining us to himself as the great climax of our mercy and healing, and praise. When the Son of Man comes, will He find this faith in the earth? He will in those who live with persistence and humility. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.